Hello and welcome to the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. We are on to 188 in terms of episodes. Al, that's a lot of episodes. That is a boatload of episodes, a boatload of content if you're in, you know, podcasty land, media speak. We did content and we've done a whole load more content. If you're a patron, you've got a thousand and one different shows out there between the prequels and the roundups that you can listen to. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff and we are romping very quickly towards 200 episodes, Anton. Indeed, it's a, a mind-boggling amount of uh, episodes. We've also got season five on the horizon uh, with the New Year's. And with us approaching the end of the year, it's quite exciting. We're getting close to doing our Nintendo Switch UK Podcast Awards. So if you're part of our Patreon community, we'll be sharing a little link to vote in that this week with uh, general voting to our everybody who follows and supports the show going out next week on episode 189. But it's getting all very exciting, Mike. Yeah, and it's also getting close to the end of the year, which is usually an excuse for us to say that we're going to revamp things and then not revamp it. Well, no, actually, that's just me, isn't it, with the music? Uh, but no, this time I am. I am planning to to add in a few extra musical moments, but mostly for our Patreon. So you need to get signed up and, and see and listen to some of our extra content. And to do that, it's nsukp.co.uk forward slash support dash us. I've got these slightly wonky headphones that keep putting me into one ear instead of two, which is really annoying me, but I'll, I'll try and find a solution as we continue on. So we sort of fall uh, over, you know, because you, you, you sideways yeah. basically how you balance if your ears go squiffy. If you've got you in one ear, not two, you're going to like tip sideways. Are we going to hear a crash? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's quite possible with me, to be honest. I can be quite clumsy. Uh, before we get started, we are going to talk about what we've been playing, if anything. But before that, uh, we did say last week that we would award a special mug to the 100th person that left us a review and did that on Apple Podcasts. Now, as it happened, uh, the day that they all came through, uh, we got four through in the same day. So what we decided to do is put the names into a hat and draw one person uh, to be the lucky recipient of the brand new Patreon mug that is very limited edition. Uh, Was this one that you designed, Anton? Indeed, yeah, yeah. I've done uh, all the designs for for the the Patreon mugs, and the the last couple have been particularly, I think, exciting. Um, you know, we had a period of doing kind of the standard merch, and now that we're a little bit along, we can do some fun, exciting stuff. Yeah, well, let me read the reviews, and then we'll tell you who has got their hands on the mug. First of all, from Chimpy Fingers, this one uh, is titled My Favourite Podcast, Five Stars. I've listened to the podcast for a few years now and look forward every week to the latest episode. As an older chap, the Nintendo Switch got me back into gaming after a decade absence when life just got in the way and my hobbies took a back seat. While looking for a podcast to re-educate myself and get recommendations of the latest releases, this one came up and I've listened ever since. The hosts are engaging, knowledgeable and funny. This is my favourite line coming up ever. I often find myself chuckling at Mike's puns and witty asides. <laughs> now my favourite person. Uh, thank you, Chimpy Fingers. Uh, it's so great. Thanks, Mom. It's so great uh, that I support the show on Patreon and have two mugs and a beanie to show for it. Uh, also, I receive all the extra content which is great value uh, keep up the good work all i would catch up with you on discord but i'm old and don't know how to do it hey then me too i'm terrible with um replying on discord especially recently although i will get better um but that's a really lovely review isn't it Al? 
That is awesome. And and I mean, Mike, we all love your puns. Uh, I was mocked mercilessly last night at Potato Night. If you're not a patron and you don't know what Potato Night is, well, become a patron and find out what Potato Night is. But I got mocked mercilessly for my dad jokes and my puns last night. But you make a, you take it to a whole other level. I do, but you know the way I look at it is that you, you need a little bit of that in your life, right? And and Anton, would you would you agree with that? Would you would you oh, say that? Absolutely, and I I think there there's no shame in being a a little bit lost in Discord. It's a confusing app. We've lost you many times, Mike, and you've just been in the setting panel, typing into the search field, and we've lost so many messages that way. So it's it can happen to the best of us. Just before we do move on, though, I have I have got to tell you something that happened. So a cannibal actually once took my girlfriend to see a Russell Crowe film. Gladiator? No, I really miss her. Uh, I mean, the tumbleweed. I think we, I think wow. we need to put like a tumbleweed sound effect in it. I thought that was quite good. Right, okay, next one then. Um, <laughs> super, super, meta, super Meta Boy uh, left review said, I want that mug. Uh, five stars. You know, I love the fact that they're straight to the point. You know why? What? Well, you know what? Go for it. Uh, a great show that keeps me coming back every week. The guys are very knowledgeable, enthusiastic, and have a genuine rapport among themselves, which sets this apart from other shows. I like the way each episode is split into segments, and each part is always well proportioned. As a Ouija, I also appreciate that they very rarely sp- spick Dorikman. That was what I was going to add to that. Uh, by way of feedback, it would be preferable if Al could be a tad grumpier. Don't encourage him. And the occasional descending into a full-on fist. Cuffs fight would be appreciated. I do want that mug, but these guys deserve the full five stars for their weekly efforts, regardless. Thanks, guys. P.S. Boomerang Foo for the win, which we agree with. Yeah, Boomerang Foo was excellent. Um, I think that's a very fair um, review, Anton, except for the part where it says for Al to be grumpier. I don't think, is that possible? I feel like y'all are going to be hitting your, your shred this week. We've got Grumpier Al and Pun Joke More Mike. It's a true doubling down. It's a concentrated. We've went for the double concentrated juice of this podcast. It's going to be intense. Does that mean you're adding in double or even triple indeed? Mm, uh, indeed, indeed, indeed. <laughs> Definitely, we need more. We need more indeeds, indeed. Okay. Uh, next up, we had from Tommy two 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 one six seven said top pod, five stars, three good chaps talking about something they are clearly passionate about. Just the right amount of info, banter, and game show elements. Love that. Very concise. Very to the point. Very nice review. Thank you, Tommy two 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 one six seven. I could not agree more. I, I just I'm loving these reviews. They're making me feel so warm and fuzzy. It is. It's very nice. And then from Dandy Don eighty three, uh, really enjoyable show. Always a pleasure to tune into the podcast every week, especially since I'm a fellow Aberdonian to two thirds of the cast. Bracket. Sorry, Anton. Really entertaining chat about all things Nintendo. So thank you very much to uh, someone who's clearly a big Don's fan. And um, yeah, another nice one. And to be honest, Anton, we've said this before, but you are an honorary Aberdonian. In the case of of this podcast. You know, I feel seen. That's okay. Uh, I feel part. Uh, I'm on the distant family tree and uh, I appreciate this review. Thank you very much. So we put the names into a hat and we are delighted to say that, well, when I say a hat, we used an online generator. It wasn't an actual hat, although we should have just left it with the illusion that we always have a hat. You should have put them in an NSUKP beanie. Then it could have actually been in a hat. That's very true. That would have been in a hat. Anyway, well done to Super Meta Boy, who's won the mug. Well done, Super Meta Boy. Ooh, Big round of applause. Woo, the crowd go wild. Uh, Super Meta Boy, if you would like to email us, uh, Al will give you the email address. If you email us with your details and your address and your full name, we will get that to you. Al, what is the email address that Super Meta Boy must email? Podcast at nsukp.co.uk. 
Wonderful. And a, a huge thanks to everyone who's left us a review. We're now up to 103 uh, reviews and ratings. It's 4.9 out of 5 on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to leave your review, please do. It does help us when it comes to things like chart positions and all that kind of good stuff. Okay. Anton, have you had a chance to play anything this week? I've been pretty scandalous this week. I think I've just been playing Tetris on my, my Game Boy Micro. It's just the smallest thing that I can always play take around anywhere it can fit in a pocket with 50 other things and it still gets through the the life and uh yeah that's been about it you know i've been fairly about the least scandalous thing you've you've said for weeks for about a month now you've been trucking up on your pc i mean at least this is nintendo this is better this is a step in the right direction uh you know i'll take it i'll take the points it's a tetris Tetris DX, that's my go-to. Um, it's probably the, the kind of scandalous heresy speak. I know people prefer the original Tetris or a later one where you can kind of drop it. But Tetris DX, it was the one I grew up on and it's a uh, you know classic. I'm just getting myself in the the world and the lore of the Tetris movie coming out soon. I, I just need to get mm. make sure I'm all caught up in the, the expanded universe, Mike. Yeah, well, some of which was filmed in Aberdeen, of course, but to make it very authentic 80s Soviet. Uh, Al, uh, what about yourself? Have you played much this week? Uh, pretty much until today, the answer would have been no, I think. No, I tell a lie. I played a bit of Bomberman R earlier in the week with a kiddo. Uh, but this evening, the other half and I played quite a bit of Mario Golf Rush. Uh, and then we've just completed two more of the river rafting um, routes in Super Mario Party. So yeah, done a bit of Marioing this week on the Switch. And uh, it's, it's it's always good fun. But I'm, I'm hankering after a new game. I just don't know what that new game is going to be on the Switch. Mm. I haven't decided yet. Well... Well, I mean, I have several that you could um, borrow, but I also have one that I'm reviewing at the minute and will finally have a review. And I'm quite glad in some ways that my plan originally was to have this out on the day that it was released uh, to the world. And uh, that is Soccer Story, which is out now. And uh, unfortunately, I wasn't, for whatever reason, lots of things going on, wasn't able to, to get that in in time. However, I'm now happy because... There was a game-breaking bug that people were moaning about early on, and it appears that that's now been fixed, which is really, really good news. So actually, a lot of the reviews that I've seen on it already have kind of talked about this game-breaking bug, and that's meant that they weren't recommending it. So I will be talking about that. We'll get that on YouTube over the next couple of days. Um, By the way, just in case anyone wondered, nothing to do whatsoever with um, Golf Story or Sports Story. Nothing to do with them whatsoever. Soccer Story. Totally different game, although you might be forgiven for thinking it's not because they look kind of similar. So, For once, Mike, your tardiness is beneficial. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. That's very, very fair, to be honest. Uh, all right, let's get started then and move on to this week's news. Tell us what people want to know. Okay, not often I get to start the news with uh, a name, uh, less a name as cool as this one, but Bertel Horberg has announced Onion Assault for Nintendo Switch uh, and it's self-published. It's a cell-shaded 2D platformer and it's coming out in January. What is your take on this one, Al? Uh, this is a, an odd one. So when I first watched the release trailer for this, I thought, what a load of rubbish. This just looks like a cheap, nasty, horrible game. The more I watched, the more I went, actually, this has got depth. It's basically Super Mario 2 or an homage to Super Mario Bros. 2. You run along, you jump on the head of enemies, you pick them up and you throw them. Sound familiar? It's a mechanic that has been literally lifted straight from that game and plonked into a new one. That's not necessarily a bad thing. And the more I watched this, the more I went, actually, these visuals make sense. It was just, my initial impression was, oh, this looks cheap. And then the more I watched, they went, 
no, no, this isn't cheap. This is a deliberate art style and actually it works really well with this game and it looks like it's been done very, very professionally. It's a, it's a sort of a quasi-solo effort. There has been a little bit of input from um, people with a bit of artwork and some of the music, but I think largely the development of it and the marketing of it and the PR of it uh, has been done by this one-man band. And it's probably worth checking out, so long as it's not sort of, you know, a fortune when it comes out, and I doubt it will be just by looking at it. It's, it looks quite quite cute, Anton. I'm kind of with you. You know, I think this game will be kind of put in a position to thrive depending on its price. Because um, I feel like this will be a very good budget title. Uh, that's not to say it's going to be bad and it only deserves to be a budget title. I just think the scale it's at working at here, it's just going to be a kind of friendly homage to a classic game. I personally really, really love Super Mario 2. It's one of the ones I often go back to, I think, more than Super Mario 1. So having a game pay respect to it, not just like looking at it as this weird offshoot of the Mario franchise, paying respect to it in a modern title, I'm excited and I'm hoping within of this uh, Onion Assault there is spaces in which it's able to push the format forward and maybe do stuff that couldn't have been done in the earlier Super Mario 2 and slash Doki Doki um, Panic. So I'm overall quite impressed by this title, Mike. Well, the good news, if you're hoping for a budget title, is I think it will be because it's the same person that made Gunman Clive and Gunman Clive is always always super cheap on the eShop um, and it's also very good if you've not played it, it's a very good uh, title so I actually think you will be seeing this on the budget end and yeah I think it looks good, I think it's definitely quite obvious there's a lot of inspiration from the old titles like uh, the second Mario game but I think that's not a bad thing, and especially on the Switch, I think it's the perfect platform for it, to be honest. And it is coming out in January, so not that long to wait, and we'll watch this space. Uh, Ubisoft have announced the Settlers New Allies for the Nintendo Switch, and it's a real-time strategy city-building game coming out next year. Uh, Anton, is it the kind of game that's going to get you settling down in front of a fire to watch it and play it? Well, you'd play it rather than watch it, but you know what I mean. Yeah, this was a nice delight of the, the week as this was a title that has been in the, the public sphere for a little in early access. However, Nintendo Switch hadn't came up in those conversations yet. And now they've kind of shared a development blog. They've been very transparent throughout development, showcasing the changes and improvements they've been making to this game. And as part of this most recent development blog, they showed the new title for the game and uh, alluded to the platforms that they're planning to release it on. And I'm quite a fan of this. It's got very much going through historical time of simpler civilizations, the wars, the resource management, and I'm a sucker for having those sort of resource management city building games. They can be deadly. Uh, I won't lie, Ubisoft does terrify me. They, they do like to monetize their games, but this one actually looks very un-Ubisoft of them in a good way, uh, which is a little bit mean to say, but I'm hoping this will be a nice standalone title without too much of the Ubisoft shenanigans, Al. Yeah, it's a long-running franchise. It's one that I remember, I mean, it's been kicking around for better part. 30 years, I think the first one was like the early 90s I think the last one of these I owned was The Settler's Heritage of Kings which is a really good game, I played a lot of that game but at the time I never managed to complete it, it was too hard for me but I've always enjoyed these games, I'm just not very good at them uh, and I was really excited when I found out they're making a new one and I was even more excited when I found out they're making it for the Nintendo Switch 
I'm just a bit concerned about how well it will run on the Switch. It's, I think, the first time Settlers has ever been on a console. And it's not just coming out on Switch, it's coming out on Xbox and PlayStation as well. But it is very much a, a PC gaming type strategy game. And they they sometimes translate well to the Switch, they sometimes don't. And I do have a fear that this one, just based on the way it used to be, was quite complex and was very, very much a, a, a PC friendly type of thing and I just I have concerns and just judging by the way it looks it looks beautiful running a PC again I think it might look a little bit too I don't know if you put it on the small screen of the switch I'm not it's going to put it on the TV put it on the small screen of the switch I'm not sure how well that is going to translate from just what they've shown us so far because it's quite detailed it's quite small and intricate and I don't know I, I hope I'm proved wrong but uh, I, I do have fears here Mike yeah, I, I'm tend, I tend to be with you on this one, actually. I think there have been good examples of real-time strategy games done well ported to the Switch. Uh, I think the Civilization games generally work quite well on consoles, but they're really thought out in a different way. And this one, there's so much detail in there that I just worry that it's not going to quite work on a console. However, we will wait and see because they are obviously, this is new for them as well. They're bringing it to consoles. So it's going to be very interesting to see how it does transfer over but that's exactly the same concern that i had looking at this um having said that it looks good it does look good it looks really really solid and it's great that it's coming to the switch i really hope they do it well but we'll wait and see it will be next year before we know now there has been a lot of drama in the smash bros world um and this is all around uh, vg bootcamp which for those that don't know is the competitive smash uh online channel that that broadcasts everything in the smash tournament world and the world tour championship and all that stuff so what i think i'll do anton you can help me out here is it best for me to go through this and tell everyone exactly what the timeline is and then get your thoughts on it does that make sense I think that that would be good. There's a lot of moving parts here and it's been quite an ongoing zaga throughout the, the previous week. So I think getting a, a lay of the land and then we can pick up part as we see right. fit. Okay, well, let me run through this. This will probably take a minute, but it's important to know the order of things. Then I'll come to you first, Anton, and then I'll, I'll come to you. So earlier in the week, Nintendo found themselves in trouble after VG Bootcamp cancelled their upcoming 2022 Smash World Tour Championship and 2023 Smash World Tour. Now, this was after Nintendo delivered a cease and desist notice. We've heard that story before, right? Uh, so VG Bootcamp had submitted the tournament in early April to be officially licensed by Nintendo, but was declined a commercial license required to conduct their 2022 final events or any other activities in 2023. Mad? Well, we'll discuss that in a second. During the April to November interim, Panda Global CEO Dr. Allen, creator of the Panda Cup, which is a licensed Smash Bros events, not the same one, but it's a separate one, had been going to many of the local level Smash World Tour events to tell local organisers that their 2022 finals would be shut down. Uh, during the interim, due to his accusations, VG, Dr. Allen's accusations, VG Bootcamp asked Nintendo about these rumours. Nintendo reassured Panda does not represent Nintendo, which you would understand would happen, and does not have an exclusive licence. So, in theory, it should be open uh, for other options. Uh, Nintendo's goals is not to be a gatekeeper, and they only look to shut down IP infringement relating to game mods, says Nintendo. During this time, Dr. Allen also went after Behind the Summit, BTS, nothing to do with the K-pop band, a large esports streaming network which is licensed by Nintendo. Dr. Allen wanted exclusive streaming rights there under Panda for free. Uh, 
Behind the Summit declined, at which point Dr. Allen threatened to shut down their entire Super Smash Bros. operations to get, and to get Nintendo involved. He sounds like such a fun guy at parties, Dr. Allen. He's a real mushroom in the room. Um, due, due to the previous allegations, people believe that Dr. Allen convinced Nintendo sh- to shut down the Smash World Tour Championships to consolidate the Smash esports scene. It comes back to money, doesn't it? Seeing as Smash Bros. tournament has been run unofficially for decades, VG Bootcamp reviewed this option with Nintendo, but Nintendo warned them not to. Uh, Nintendo has since offered a statement stating the decision was purely their own and that they failed to meet that the, the VG Bootcamp failed to meet their standards and the decision to cancel the uh, event in 2022 Smash World Tour event was and still is their own choice. Now, following this, Panda has denied the accusations leveled at them, but over 80% of Panda's players and commentators have resigned, which hasn't really worked very well for old Dr. Allen in the end. But Anton, what's your take on it? Oh, so there's a lot to unpack here. Um this kind of brings up a lot of fears that people had when Nintendo first started offering these official verified events. Historically, the Smash esports scene has been unofficial and hasn't had any touches with Nintendo, and Nintendo's just kind of left them to them, more or less. And, you know, Nintendo goes ahead and makes their own video games. But in this instance, as soon as they started verifying and making official events, people had concerns about what this would mean for unofficial events. So one of the concerns here that has been brought up is Nintendo not or kind of leaving unofficial events in a place of dubiousness. Also, what's terrifying here is the kind of role that uh, Dr. Allen and Panda Global has played in this. I think the fear is here that, you know, his whole goal was to have the Panda Cup be the one centralized space for Smash Esports, believing that if it was all under one house, it could have more prestige to the awards. And by having all these many different competitions, it would dilute it. And it's been a very aggressive way to make this happen. Uh, the VG Bootcamp Smash World Tour works very, very differently for the Panda Cup. The Panda Cup has many much licensed teams. It's, it's kind of locked in and works like that. Whereas the Smash World Tour goes properly down to grassroots levels, levels where you know it's kind of small, tiny little competitions that do eventually escalate up to a world tournament. So... Very different events, and it's a shame that these two events have had this kind of public spat like this, as I imagine Nintendo was probably already kind of lukewarm on supporting esports in any capacity, and I imagine the mess that came about this, because I presume they're just trying to get their job done, will probably dissuade them from being as evolved in future. It's uh, overall just quite a messy situation, and I think the general consensus from the Smash Bros community is that both tournaments should be able to exist. Both of them should be able to license. It shouldn't just be one. And that the Smash World Tour uh, is like very much quite legitimate. Um, so it's just quite a shame, Al. It is. I honestly don't know how to take this. Obviously, it sounds like Dr. Allen and Panda have been behaving badly, I think. It's safe to say that. I don't think anybody would really disagree based on the reporting that we've heard. But equally, at the same time, Nintendo has been adamant that they're saying they've been independently auditing, effectively, all these events. And in their words, they said they will only grant a license to partners who meet their high standards required for health and safety of fans. 
that's an odd line to put in there. They clearly had concerns that there was something wrong with the health and safety of the way these things were run. Uh, then said it's also important that a partner adheres to our brand and IP um, guidelines and conduct themselves accordingly, uh, according to professional and organisational best practice. So I suspect in the background that um, SWT, which is the you know, Smash World Tour, I suspect that they were doing things in a less than uh, above board manner, or maybe above board is the wrong word, but maybe just less than professional. I suspect they were cobbled together and there's just people doing what you want them to do, grassroots level stuff. For Nintendo to license it, it probably needs to be more of corporate structure with risk assessments and all all the stuff you've got to do to operate in the modern world. My hunch is they weren't doing that, and that's probably why they've been effectively not shut down by Nintendo, but not granted the license. And then there's been a breakdown in communication, perhaps. I don't quite know why they've cancelled these, because Nintendo are adamant that they said, verbally, that they didn't need to cancel their events, that they could still do them if they wanted to, and that you know, they've chosen to stop them. So whether that's just been a misunderstanding, I don't know. They clearly had a lawyer involved to draft their statement. It's it, There's a lot of confusion around this story and you don't really know exactly who to believe. You don't know how much of the story you're actually getting. But the long and the short of it is that the fans are being done a disservice here because they want to go out and involve themselves in these Smash tournaments. And if there's fewer tournaments out there, that means there's fewer opportunities for people to play the game. And the only way for us to settle this is to create an elaborate set and get the two competing factions into the arena and get them to beat each other up. Done. Winner of it. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that might work. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I can completely understand to a certain point why in 2022 Nintendo might not want to put their name to something that they don't feel hits all the right notes when it comes to health and safety and it comes to um, organisation. So I, I understand exactly why Nintendo might not want to put their name to it. What I don't understand is this confusion about whether they can, t- can continue to do it. I do think it's quite mean-spirited of Nintendo if it is their decision and if it's not their decision, well, where's the confusion come from? Dr. Allen just sounds like he's just trying to cause trouble everywhere he goes um, but I do think that the biggest loser, as Al said, are the players and especially when you look at the fact that so many of uh, the Panda team and players have now gone, no, I'm not, I don't want to do this anymore because it's it's kind of the people that it's affecting are the same people <laughs> that would likely be involved in the Panda Cup. It's, it's just mad to me. Um, and somebody needs to come out and say, probably Nintendo, say, we haven't licensed it um, for this reason. However, it's run unofficially for a very long time. Let's just keep running that unofficially if you wish. That's what I think would be the ideal solution in this in this circumstance. Uh, I don't think that will happen though, but we'll see. Watch this space, I think, is the is the answer to this one. Right, let's move on then. Uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet version 1.1.0 has been released. Nintendo has this to say. We take the feedback from players seriously and will continue to work on improvements to the games. Has it improved, Anton? Um. It's very much as more so a bug fix. It's sadly not quite fixing a lot of the fundamental issues of the title, especially concerning visual fidelity, but getting in there and fixing bits and pieces of the bugs. I think this is the kind of first admission of, uh, you know, flaw in Nintendo's part of admitting that the game hasn't quite lived up to expectations. And I expect we'll have many, many of these small bug patches, if not a full season pass down the line. But it's going to be interesting to see how Nintendo and Game Freak move forward with their next titles in terms of getting them up to the standards players expect. It's interesting, because uh, I mean, I've not played this new one, but several people in our Discord have played it, and most of them are reporting back that 
they're kind of struggling with it. Even the hardcore Pokemon fans are struggling to get to the end. I don't know if it's because of the bugs, if it's just because of the storyline, if it's because of the way the game plays. I don't know. I would actually, I didn't keep meaning to find out, but clearly this is not their strongest title that they've put out there. The fans are not enjoying it. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that owl has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The way, the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out The Gaming Blender on all your favourite podcast platforms now. No, I don't, it, it's, it seems like there's been a, a real kind of um, disillusionment with some of the fans over this one. And I think it does feel that mm, they really do need to try and get it right. And I don't think it's quite there yet from what people have said but we'll see i mean it, again it depends where they go from here if they continue to try and um fix it then maybe we'll get there it does happen but at the minute it feels like there's still um, more to be done i think is probably the fair way to put it uh, retro flag have announced the retro flag handheld controller it's a gamecube inspired uh, control for your nintendo switch it includes rumble vibration and motion control and hall effect joysticks um i like the look of this one anton Indeed, this is quite exciting. It's almost two sets forward, one step back. It's got a lot of good and a lot of bad, and I think it's a good step in the right direction. I hope Retro Flag continues this on with the next device. Looking at the good of this, obviously, it's you know third-party joysticks with rumble and motion controls. Not all of them have that. But most importantly for me is it has Hall Effect joysticks, which is a technology that is growing in popularity. Um, you may be familiar with Gull Kits. They are electromagnetic joysticks, which unlike the PNCHOMR-based joysticks that you have in the Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, any controller you imagine, all of them will eventually get drift eventually. Nintendo Switch Joy-Cons being particularly quick at that process, but it happens to all joysticks eventually. But electromagnetic joysticks never get drift, and they're also much more sensitive with no dead zone. So this is the first time we've seen this technology get themselves into Joy-Cons. Now this does have a little bit of the caveats, as it's one solid unit. You slot it in, they're not detachable. It's not as slick of an implementation as the base Joy-Cons or even kind of larger Joy-Cons like the Splitpad Pro. It is a full unit, you dock it in and that's how it works. And to that it's a little bit disappointing. It has a USB-C pass-through on the bottom. So that part is something I'm not a fan of, but maybe for handheld only players, it's a little bit less of a problem. It is fun. It's got very much GameCube inspired styling with a kind of slightly nublet style C-stick. Uh, I am disappointed to see that they've mimicked the kind of GameCube button layout, but they haven't actually gotten the layout. They've just got the colors. Um, I feel like keeping the C-stick from the GameCube is the less enjoyable fact of the GameCube where it doesn't have the kind of full edges, it's a little bit smaller, but not missing out on the, sorry, missing out on the actual layout of the GameCube, that's a bit I would have loved to see, but nevertheless, 
getting Joy-Cons or a kind of handheld solution with these electromagnetic joysticks is very exciting. I'm happy to see it. Yeah, the joysticks are, I hate to say it, but in my opinion, the only good bit of this. And I feel that's really harsh. But when you look at it, it looks cheap. I don't know. I, I, my suspicion is they made it this sort of transparent, see-through purple, I guess, the colours to match the GameCube. Mm. But the way they've put it together, and just its transparency, makes it look really kind of cheap and nasty and a bit flimsy. It's, it probably isn't. It's probably sold as rock. It just visually looks a bit naff. Yeah, the C-Stick. Don't get me started on the C-Stick. It was awful. It was terrible. It should never have existed, let alone be re- replicated. But if you're a fan of the GameCube and you want that nostalgia of just the, the general visual aesthetic, then I guess this is a fine option for you. But I'm pretty sure you could just go and buy a GameCube controller to work with a Switch and that would probably be a much better option. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say if you are going for one of these um, comfortable all-in-one solutions for handheld, I... Th- so, first of all, I do... I, I think there's some good things about it. I think definitely the the new um, Joy-Con ideas is great if that works. Generally, that's going to be a really good thing going forward. Um, I think that if you are a fan of the GameCube, it's probably quite a nice little touch. It, you can't get it in the UK at the minute, so you have to order it in from America or Canada, which is another downside, but you can get it on Amazon over there. Um, if you're looking for something comfortable, handheld, that works with your Switch and just makes it much more comfortable to play in handheld, Held mode. I really recommend the Satisfy um, controllers or Satisfy kind of handheld dock um, company that make them. They're called Satisfy. Uh, they're really, really good and solid. And I've had one for my light and for my standard Switch, and they're both very comfortable. I haven't got one at the minute for the OLED, but definitely recommend those. Uh, and it's a similar idea where it's it only really works in handheld. But you don't have to take the Joy-Cons off. You, you keep the Joy-Cons on, so you've still got the Joy-Con thing. But it's, yeah, that's where I would go. But, you know, some people will love this. Some people will love this. Uh, Sega have announced two Point Campus Space Academy DLC. It's coming out on December the 12th for eight ninety nine. I kind of love this. I mean, I like the idea of um, Two Point Campus anyway, but Space Academy, it just reminds me of, what was that, Galaxy 5? Do you remember that? Or Gal- what was that called? Like, not Galaxy 5. Oh, I have to look it up now. It was like a Sky, not that I had Sky, my dad had Sky, but it was like Space Galaxy Kids Program. It reminds me of Galaxy High. I think it was Galaxy High. That would make more sense. Um, what's your thoughts on this one, Al? Wow, Mike, that was the slickest link you've ever done. <laughs> Galaxy High School. It wasn't even Galaxy High. It was Galaxy High School, 1986. I remember animation. that cartoon. Once- that was on Poor People TV because I used to watch it. <laughs> Yeah, well, it was it was on both, I think. But yeah, I don't know where I watched it. Anyway, regardless, <laughs> 19, 1986, Anton wasn't even thought of. Um, and um, it reminds me of that kind of vibe. I like it. Either way, it does. You're right. It looks good. It, it's uh, very amusing. The trailer for it is very much sort of Star Trek uh, through and through, but tongue in cheek. And it's hilarious. It's, it's, it's a good game, to be fair. I've played a little bit of uh, Two Point Campus, sadly not on the Switch. I have played it on a console, but not on the Switch. Um I'm sure it'll be excellent. I I don't know why. I I just didn't I didn't get I didn't love Two Point Campus. I loved Two Point Hospital. Two Point Campus the mechanic is different. It's, it, you're not you know obviously not healing people. You're, you're pulling students in. It's sort of the same model, but it's a lot more complex. There's a lot more going on, and I just couldn't be bothered, frankly, which is awful because I should. But this does look like fun DLC. You get to train your students in zero gravity, blast them off into space and do things in space while harvesting resources up there. It looks fun and stupid and tongue-in-cheek as you would expect from the Two Point Campus franchise and why not? 
Yeah, I'm quite uh, smitten by the Steel Sea. I think that the hysterical take on space colonialism is quite charming. And I completely missed Two Point Campus. I was super, super hyped for it. And then it launched. I think I was just in the middle of something else and kind of put it on the back burner. I think it even got installed and just never cycled around to it. So with this DLC popping up with a clean slate, with the exception of my beautiful Tetris DX, I might be able to squeeze in some Two Point Campus, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't think I'll probably get around to playing it. I've just got so many games that I haven't even touched and I keep buying more. Um, so I probably won't play it, but I just like the look of it. I think it looks fun. Um, now we're going to move on to a whole bunch of Super Mario Bros. movie stuff. So what I'll do here is uh, we're going to talk about the trailer in a minute, but I'll give you a couple of story bits around it first and then we'll talk about the trailer in more detail. Uh, Nintendo has shared a collection of six chapter posters for the movie featuring Mario, Luigi, Peach, Toad, Donkey Kong and Bowser. Other posters uh, have the kind of more traditional movie poster style with Mario and Luigi in Brooklyn. And also the movie isn't going to have a worldwide release. Some places are going to have it as early as the 22nd of March, uh, like Belgium, for example, or as late as the 27th of April, Japan, which is kind of weird but uh, the United Kingdom uh, we will have to wait until the 30th of March which means that some people are going to find a way to watch it early I would imagine um, so in a minute we'll come on to the trailer we'll talk about that but first of all just quickly on these two um, stories the the posters and then the dates Al. Uh, I, I love these posters I think they're really really cool I mean it's not often that I get excited about posters <laughs> they don't normally do much for me but these ones are brilliant I just love the fact that the Mario one is so intrinsically Mario who's running at the the, the poster. You've got Luigi, who is just so stereotypically Luigi, looking very, very scared, holding a torch, very reminiscent of Luigi in his haunted mansion. Then you've got uh, Toad, looking kind of adorable in this field of fire flowers. Bowser looking angry. Donkey Kong, who I'm thinking is looking really cool. I'm liking that. And then we come to Peach, in front of the Mushroom Kingdom, and I have an issue with Peach. I don't know why they've done Peach as a Disney princess. Peach doesn't normally look like a Disney princess. I know normally she looks a bit cross-eyed and she's a bit strange. She's not the best drawn character, but I don't like what they've done with Peach, personally. Yeah. Let's let's move on. Let's just move on and talk about the other one, the Mario and Luigi in Brooklyn poster, which I think also looks pretty cool. I like that. I love their little Mario uh, van. It's awesome. Super Mario Brothers plumbing with Mario jumping. It's really cute and adorable and I love it so much. And I don't care if other people are getting movies at different times. We're getting it, what, a week later? I can survive. I don't mind if it's not like on the same day. It'd have been nice if it was the same day release. I'm guessing that they either had commercial issues or there's some big movies coming out in different markets and they didn't want to clash with it or eh, maybe something like that. Just release it. It's fine. I'm not getting my knickers in a twist about it, Anton. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of similarly. I absolutely really enjoyed seeing these posters. You know, there was a couple ensemble ones in the kind of popular movie style the moment. And then we had the one of Mario and Luigi in Brooklyn, which I, I was quite impressed with um if you kind of suggest me you know you know they match the living in brooklyn and all this i would have been quite scared by it but i think they've done a really good job of extending the visual style and the density of let's say new donk city what would the logical implementation of uh, brooklyn been if it was in super mario odyssey it's somehow you know so grounded but still very much in the mario style I'm, I think they've hit a very, very nice balance there and it's nice to get a proper look at some of these characters not in motion because people have been screen capping the trailers for, you know, the last trailer and, you know, there's some uh, goofy frames in there. So getting some clean, tidy posters of these characters is nice and I'm personally a little disappointed that it's not a worldwide release. You know, they're, especially for the people that are having to wait nearly a, a month for it, especially in, 
you know, Mario's home turf of Japan. Um, you know, the, many of the people that, you know, helped bring Mario to the level that he is at today won't be able to watch the movie right away. That's quite a gap. And uh, I imagine that must be f quite frustrating for some. Uh, obviously, we're a lot more fortunate here in the UK. Um, this is a little bit earlier than we were expecting. So it's a nice treat for us. But I do feel sorry for some of our friends abroad. Yeah, I'm kind of in between. Like, I, I don't think it doesn't bother me particularly, but I can understand why some people will feel a little bit hard done by by the dates changing. And yes, I think the posters look really good and really cool. Uh, the second trailer then, it came out and uh, we had a bit of a direct for it as well, which was cool. So Shigeru Miyamoto and Chris Maladandri opened the event. Um, so we saw Anya Taylor-Joy, who's the voice of Peach. Uh, she was talking to the camera. And the, if you're wondering about the accent, um, being American and then suddenly sounding a bit Scottish, and yeah, I think she has origins all over the world. Uh, I was uh, I was intrigued by the accent. Um, Seth Rogen is of course the voice of Donkey Kong, and we saw and met Seth's dog Zelda as well, which was kind of fun. And Miyamoto shared that in his neighbourhood there's a cat called Mario and a dog called Koopa, and they showcased a two ten trailer, two minutes ten seconds it was. And yeah, well, I thought it looked. Really exciting, Al. Yes, I, I watched this and my anticipation rose even higher. I was already looking forward to this movie. We all are. It's it's going to be good. There, it it can't not be good. Shigeru is involved in it, therefore it is going to be good. There's no worry here, and it's just there's just little hints of the story coming out. You 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 can see how they begin to assemble this this cast together. Mario walking to the arena and be beaten up by. Donkey Kong and it's just it, the whole thing is just coming together beautifully it's just it's just so good and I have to admit the princess in the trailer doesn't look nearly as bad as the princess does in the poster she just really irks me in the poster I'll get off that box I'll stop complaining about it I promise <laughs> next year until then I'm going to complain between now then just be prepared. complain Al what what is this the whole <laughs> universe <laughs> oh, it looks good it looks good doesn't it Anton Indeed. Um, yeah, I won't lie. I think the, one of my favourite delights was that Princess Peach has a bit of agency within of this trailer. Um, I was scared that, you know, they would do the classic damsel in distress sort of role for her. Actually looks to be playing a good part in the role. I'm very, very much impressed in the same way I was impressed by the depiction of uh, Brooklyn. I'm very impressed by how they've taken the mundanity of, you know, Mario's a plumber and then put in a world where they basically have a Super Smash Bros fight and Mario Kart Rainbow Road and, yeah. you know, proper platforming levels in 2D in a 3D animated movie, but he's also still a plumber. They've yeah. managed to do full width of the gamut there of grounding Mario, but keeping him in this bizarre, wacky world, even maybe a little bit more wacky because within of this one movie he's going from basically smash bros to mario bros to mario kart all in one swoop i just hope he plays some uh god it looks like luigi is in luigi's mansion they're just pulling yeah. threads from everywhere it's and, very exciting and that's all we've seen in the trailer there's a whole movie i mean he's probably gonna be playing yeah. tennis in there he's gonna be playing tetris in there he's gonna be a doctor in there there's all kinds of things he's gonna be doing i can't wait <laughs> I mean, the Rainbow Road, um, what I will say is it, it looked amazing. And I just had this thought of, I wonder if we ever get a more powerful version of the Switch and we actually get a new Mario Kart. I would love it to look a bit like that. <laughs> it just looked incredible. But yeah, you never know. You never know. Yes, Anton. Yeah, the one thing I'm going to complain about is I hate the minionification of the Toads. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I get what you mean. I get you. 
Nope. No, he, I disagree. I think they're amazing. I hate Toad. I have a genuine hatred oh. of Toad. And in this one, I actually quite like him. And he's, Toads. He's, this is the only time I've ever liked Toads. It's good. No. Yes. They're acting oh, oh, They're acting like they're the cutest thing on earth. Toads should be screaming at the top of their lung. They're running this economy. They're, they're, they're adults. They're not little babies. They should be screaming and rasping. <laughs> yeah, it's a very... Um, yeah, I, I get it. It doesn't bother me so much, but I get exactly what you're talking about, Anton. Absolutely. Okay, let's move on then to turbo mode. We are going to start with a tiny bit of Mario and Luigi, and then we're going to go flying through them. And then uh, what we'll do is we'll come to each of you and get your thoughts. We'll, we'll start with Al. So turbo mode time. Here we go. The Spanish voice actors in Mario and Luigi in the Super Mario Bros. movie are actually brothers, Guillermo and Rafa Romero. Rafa Romero also voiced Luigi in the dub of the 93 live-action movie. Uh, Swanky Dixie, Diddy Kong and Funky Kong have been spotted in the newest the Super Mario Bros. movie trailer. I don't know why I'm laughing, it's just the names. Swanky and Funky Kong. Uh, after being disappointed by Mario's lack of derriere, fans are very pleased with the scale of Donkey Kong's junk in the trunk. Uh, humongous, who wrote this? Humongous Classic <laughs> Collection is getting a physical release courtesy of Limited Run Games featuring Pajama Sam, no need to hide when it's dark outside. Pajama Sam 2, Thunder and Lightning aren't so frightening. Freddy Fish 3, The Case of the Stolen conch shell uh, putt putt saves the zoo putt putt travels through time and spy fox in dry cereal pre-orders are live for 59.99 dollars i'm sure this is april the first and none of these stories are true and desitopia and mecha ritz steel rondo is getting a physical release courtesy of strictly limited games coming on the 4th of december for 35.24 uh, splatoon 3 plaza has been taken over by meme application for a creature known simply as him the original creator of him uh is an Apple iPod. What? Uh, described him... Is that his name? Apple iPod. Described him as my animal. Anton, is that the person's name? Yeah, it's Apple with uh, one P. That That is the official one. Uh, it's it, it's it taken over the name. plaza. Right, okay. I thought that... Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter what I think. That's his name. It's cool. I'm not judging. Uh, the first Splatoon <laughs> 3 big run event... <laughs> <laughs> takes it up of a place on the weekend of the 10th of December to the 12th of December. Defend Splatsville from hordes of salmonid and earn yourself some fresh rewards. Uh, Monolith... Oh, I can't speak anymore. Monolith Soft are giving away a new wallpaper to celebrate the fifth anniversary of Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Tales of Symphonia Remastered has a new story trailer. Uh, Hoko Life gets Nintendo Switch focused performance update. Warframe has cross-play with cross-saves coming in the future. Lego Brawls has a Jingle Brawls update. Disney Speedstorm's been delayed. Kind of saw that coming. Uh, Nintendo's official magazine Winter 2022 has a digital English release. And Nintendo... Nintendo, Nintendo <laughs> Pictures Co. Limited have started hiring new staff. I'm sure half of the things in there weren't even real words, but let's go to um, Al first. <laughs> There's a lot in there. There's a lot in turbo mode this week, so I'm just going to pick up a few little bits here and there. So Lego Brawls, as much as I dislike Lego Brawls existing as a game because it's sort of why Smash is perfectly good, why make a Lego version of it, which I imagine people aren't going to care that much about. And how many people are going to want their small kids beating each other up with Lego characters? It just somehow feels wrong. But the Christmas version of it looks quite fun, chaotic, frantic, but, you know, Christmassy. So, sure. All right, that's that's fun. I can get behind there. Uh, I'm going to let Anton talk all about <clears throat> um, Donkey Kong's junk in the trunk. And for anyone who doesn't know what that phrase means, I'm going to let Anton explain what the junk in the trunk means. Because I think it'll be funny hearing Anton explain the phrase junk in the trunk. 
what else I want to talk about? The humongous classic collection. I just love the name of that. That is a seriously large collection of point-and-click. I'm not going to say classics, but point-and-click games from the past. And uh, some of them are quite good fun. And I, I can see that that one might be one that's worth picking up if you can get it at a decent price once it eventually comes down to sale. Uh, don't buy it at $60. Um, as much as there's a lot of games in there, you can probably save yourself a couple of pennies and buy it down the line and enjoy it in a slightly cheaper way. Uh, what mm. else did I want to pick, talk about? Nintendo Pictures Co. Limited starting to hire. I do think that is quite exciting. They're obviously this, this new entity that's been formed uh, from various different bits and companies and stuff and uh, we don't really know exactly what they're going to do. Anton and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago and, and they sent out a press release that was relatively, as you would expect, vague but hinted at the opportunity for some really cool things to come out of it. So uh, I'm intrigued to see who they hire, if we will get to find out if there's any big names in there and if it hints to any future projects, Anton. Indeed. It is going to be a very, very exciting proposition for Nintendo because it seems like they're going all in on videography and motion production and it seems like we're going to have uh, an era of them doing videos as they've described themselves so far, but I could see this scaling to full motion pictures in the future there's so much potential here and in a different mindset entirely i am loving the memes of him uh splatoon and the plaza are in love with him it is basically just this little creature thing that somebody drew as like you know single line art it's really dumb and people are just making art and appreciation of just this simple dumb creature that's just kind of an amalgamation of other dumb creatures but it's so simple nobody matters cares the humongous classic collection as somebody who collects retro games when people find out they're like oh do you remember or have this one and there's a quite a few of them within of this humongous collection such as putt putt spy fox and pajama sam that is just games that people really grew up with and love i don't know why you would want a collection of all of them i think people would maybe just want the ones that they had but i could see it being people that maybe grew up with one of these individual titles buying this collection is a way to maybe introduce their kids to it and oh my god swanky and funky kong are part of the nintendo cinematic universe this is incredible and it's setting a fantastic foundation for the seth rogan donkey kong spin-off that is unconfirmed but i'm fully putting my money on it. it's going to happen not gonna lie yeah. i didn't uh, google who swanky was i had no idea mm, it's a distinguished yeah. gentleman now Absolutely. Now I know. <laughs> it's very swanky. Um, I yeah. My only concern with the humongous classic collection is that because it's limited run games, I, I do wonder if it might not actually come down in price much. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's one of those. I agree with you. I, I think sixty dollars is is a lot. Uh, and other than that, um, good to see Warframe getting crossplay. That's a really big title on the Switch and and, and plays well. Uh, Speedstorm delayed. I thought that might happen, to be honest. And uh, Tales of Symphonia remastered. New story trailer looks pretty good. And as but request of Alistair, um, yes, Twitter is very much uh, impressed by the voluptuous bum on Donkey Kong. It is right. very curvy. Go. An curvy. iconic silhouette. Curvy daddy ear. Very good. Okay, it is time then for the rumours. No, I'm not normally one for gossip, but... Just a couple of rumours this week, and we're going to start with the Universal Studios Hollywood app. It's had an update, and it's updated with... Well, it's a leak of an update, actually. Update leak. Uh, design assets and the map for Super Nintendo World, which is very cool, because we know it is coming to Hollywood. I really hope they do it in um, Orlando as well. But 
uh, it's kind of cool to see that this is kind of happening, even if it wasn't intended for our public consumption quite yet, Al. Yes. I mean, I've not actually gone to look at them because I went, uh, I don't care. OK, it, uh, it'll come at some point And uh, I imagine it'll be largely the same or very similar to the one that exists in Japan. So I didn't really get too excited about this particular little rumour this week, but it is just nice to know that it is still planned to be coming to Disney in America. Indeed, indeed. It is looking good. It's coming together. And as you say, even with having not seen it, it is basically the Japanese map. Kind of reshuffled, a couple of things are moved around. There's not too much new we can gleam of the kind of general attractions, but it looks to be the same sort of element to it of you know the views, the elements, uh, the aesthetic of the place looks very much the same. And it's nice to have some of the kind of English uh, assets in terms of kind of icons and uh, kind of identity tying it all together. And hopefully, we won't be waiting too long for them to get it all up and running, and you know be able to hopefully visit one day yeah well i hope so uh the next rumor i'm again i'm sure you have put these names in here just to try and trip me up anton however let's go for it european game rating board peggy has leaked borderlands 3 for the nintendo switch including the director's cut the designer's cut psycho krieg and the fantastic fuster clock bounty of blood Guns, Love and Tentacles, The Marriage of Wainwright and Hammerlock, and Moxie's Heist of the Handsome Jackpot. Um, well done. Yeah, thanks Good for that, job, Anton. Mike. Yeah, I'm going home now. Well, Anton, what's your thoughts? Um, Borderlands 3 is a decent game, decent title. Uh, all the Borderlands games are pretty good. It'd be great if we did get it with all the extras, right? Absolutely, and this looks like we're maybe going to be getting everything that we would want on Switch, the, all of the DLC, all of the content, this alludes to me that it'll be kind of separate editions, so you might have a standard edition, an ultimate edition, and then all the DLC separately, which, to be honest, I think is quite alright. I think we've got a couple of these collections on Nintendo Switch where it has all the DLC and it just becomes this very, very expensive game. I'm hoping by splitting it all up, it can get a little bit cheaper, but I'm very optimistic for this game running on Nintendo Switch. It's one, a very, very gorgeous game, but I think what the Borderlands 2 to PlayStation Vita port shows, these cel-shaded games are incredibly good at being scalable to different sort of hardware and having seen bits and pieces of Borderlands 3, I feel like they're going to be able to cut that down to run quite nicely on Nintendo Switch without feeling like you're losing too much. Fingers crossed, but I'm feeling optimistic that this will be a nice port out. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. I think it is the kind of art style that does translate very, very well to being downscaled. It should run, I think, relatively well on our hardware. Uh, and, well, it's it's a classic. Everybody loves Borderlands 3. 2 and 3, they're both really, really good, well-regarded games. And uh, I'm not really surprised we're getting it. I'm actually a little bit surprised it's taken us this long to get it. But I'm not complaining. It's coming. Finally. Woo! Yes, it's very exciting. Um, okay, I think we're done with the rumours, which means, Alistair, it is time for this week's quiz. Ooh, that's exciting. Do you remember where the scores were? I think it's 11-10 to Anton. It is 11-10 to Anton, which means, Mike, that if you play your cards right, you could be level pegging with Anton within the next I could also be minutes. too behind. <laughs> Positive mental attitude. Go at it okay, with a yeah. winner's mentality, Mike. A winner's mentality. PMA. You can do this. Positive mental attitude. That's what I was standing for, right? Let's, let's move on to the quiz. Let's do it. I have so many questions. All right. 
let's jump in. Two games. Wow. <laughs> this is going well. Two games uh, where I'll give you the descriptions. You've got to guess what the title is. Uh, and then third round, I'll give you a title and you've got to tell me what year. First game, okay. I will accept either the European name or the name from anywhere else in the world for this <sighs> game. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. We, we good with that? Everyone understand that? Either name? Indeed. Yes. Okay. It is a yes. sports simulator from 2002-2003. Fire away. Um, red card. No. FIFA Street. No. It was initially released on the PlayStation and the PlayStation 2 in April of 2002 in Japan. And then in October 2003, it came to the EU. Gran Turismo. Nope. Ooh, um, is it uh, Hot Shots Golf? Nope, it's not. It made it to the US in March 2003 and then had a platinum release in Europe again in April 2003. Sports simulator, you say? Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, let me think. 2002, 2003. Sport, sport, sport. I mean, this is kind of my domain but it feels mm. difficult it, um, it should be but yeah what's it uh, is it MLB the show it's not MLB the show Mike do you want to give a punt uh, sure is it um, pro evolution soccer Oh, international superstar so- oh, score, oh, soccer oh uh, mm, no pro- uh, mm. Mm, Mike, you always do this. No, you need, to, you need to give me the right name. The correct full name. An updated version <laughs> of this game was released in Japan with the tagline, Final Evolution. International Superstar Soccer. No, you're much closer than the last one. Anton? Um, Pez. <laughs> Again, no, because that's the same game Mike just said. Uh, Mike gave me Pro Evolution Soccer. You you gave me the same name, man. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> Just abbreviated. <laughs> the the updated version with that tagline, Final Evolution, was also released on the GameCube in January 2003 in Japan only. Oh, Pro Evolution Soccer 2. Yes! <laughs> GG. Not my wheelhouse. Well done, Mike. <laughs> oh. Well done, Goodness Mike. Me. That was so painful. Oh man! What, what was what was the other version called again? It, it, In the rest is, of the world, I, it, it's it, called World Soccer Winning Eleven Six. World Soccer Winning Eleven. Of course, it is. I was confusing it with the old title, which was ISS Pro, which was like in the nineties, and then they changed it to Pro Evolution. Right? Okay. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Okay. Can you remember? We, I, we, you and I used to play this game. What was the opening theme song for that game? Do you remember? <sighs> uh, no, it wasn't Robbie Williams because he was the opening theme on FIFA two thousand. Uh, I want to say it was like right about now the funk soul brother or something like that buddy you're a boy make a big noise <clears throat> was it actually Queen it was Queen we will rock you that was no the way thing. we will rock you yeah, wow alright yeah. go big or go home hey, exactly <laughs> yeah alright so first blood to two Mike the second game uh, you need to give me the whole title I want the whole full title <laughs> well but, that's me in trouble but, then <laughs> but, but I'm breaking this up I'm breaking from. Had enough butts in one I'm show. I'm going to give you whoever gets the the correct game loosely gets a point. There's another point for giving me the full title. So there's two oh, points for grabs. <laughs> okay, that's not fair. Uh, All right, let's do it. Ready? You sure? You don't want to do half points? No, no, no I'm giving away two points here. I'm going to do oh, last wow. two points because 
in my opinion, this is a picky one, which means you're going to get it straight away because you always do this to me. But still. Uh, okay. We're going to start off just by saying it's a 2009 DS game, and that's all I'm giving you. Um, is it... Um, e... E, um, no. <laughs> uh, oh, Sudoku. It's not Sudoku. Is it uh, Dragon Quest Nine and the Six Starry Stars? It is not. Uh, I will tell you, it is the fifth in the series of games. Mm. Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars. No, it's a good guess, though. Is it WarioWare Touch It? It's not. What, what, what console did you say, by the way? It's on the did DS. you say DS? Yeah, right. DS. 2009 DS game, fifth in the series, and it was an RPG. Uh, is it Final Fantasy V? No, there's not. Uh, is it Fire Emblem um, Touch the Fire? No, <laughs> it is not. That's d- d- bad advice. Never touch a fire. It's not good. <laughs> Never touch hurt. the fire. Uh this one takes place near the end of the first game and runs parallel to another in the series. Um, e by gum. Is it... Um, <laughs> sorry, I don't know what came over me there. Is it... Uh, parallel... Oh, oh, my goodness. And it's an RPG. To, yeah, it's an RPG. On the, on the DS. On the DS. Right. Is it Mario oh, and Luigi's no. Partner in Time? It's not. Is it, um, I have the other ones and I can't think what they're called now, <laughs> uh, Mario and Luigi, two tribes go to war. <laughs> <laughs> it is not Mario and Luigi, two tribes go to war, but they need to make that game, that's amazing. Uh, the developers had to adjust the gameplay of this game um, away from the standard Guitar Game Hero play. No it's not uh, the, <laughs> Because the DS only had two buttons So that was your guess You were wrong Anton What was um, I guess I was just thrown out there Sonic and the Dark Chronicles Nope uh, In Japan there was also a soundtrack A couple of light novels And a manga series about this one A couple of light novels Alright oh, wow okay Oh is it 999 Nope Um, Is it no Time to Die? Nope. Uh, this is sadly the final game to feature a fairly famous voice artist before they passed away in May 2009. Is it Metal Gear Solid? Nope. I think it's as long is... as I managed to go with clues without one of you getting it, but I've been deliberately oh, is it... difficult. <laughs> is it uh, Professor Layton? No. The game was dedicated to Wayne Allwine, the longtime English voice of Mickey Mouse. Oh, wow. Is it um, Kingdom Hearts? One point! <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, is it... Kingdom Hearts what? <laughs> um, Touch of the Kingdom. Nope. nope. <laughs> uh, is it Kingdom Hearts 3, 5, 8 by Sleep? Oh, you're so close, but that's not what it's called. So the bonus point is not available. Its actual title was Kingdom Hearts 358 Days Over 2. 
Oh, you were very close, Anton. That is, uh, I think you deserve half, half a point. Did you give him half a point for that? I wouldn't fight the outcome. So here, half, half point. I'll take That's it. That's why I said he can have half a point. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think that's safe to say that Mike has, has, has won this one. But let's go into the last round just to see who gets closer to the pin. And Anton, I'm going to ask you to go first this time. What okay, year okay. did the first Splatoon come out? Um, it came out 2015. Mike? Um, the, the thing is that Anton is a wee you fanatic and it was the wii u it came out on and he has all the games so i absolutely think that he is spot on with this but just for controversy i'm going to say 2014. well the disappointing news is that anton is right yes he is 2015 i mean of course he was going to be right i mean there was not a chance i had i basically i had to get the first two Otherwise, there was not a chance I was going to get the third one. And I wouldn't have guessed 2015 either. So I knew that Anton would get that one. So it was all the pressure on me there. That but, means yeah. it's all square. You're both on 11 points. <gasps> on the 4th I of know. December as well. How many shows we've got left? <laughs> I mean, you're just not going to turn up for any more, are you? You're just going to just hide I'm, 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 quitting, so I'm, quitting, I'm quitting the show. <laughs> I'll, see, I'll see you in season five or whatever it is next year. Is it five next year? Season five? Indeed. Might be, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll see you in season five, folks. It's been great. See you later. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> uh, no, well done, um, Anton, with that last one. And also with the subtitle. So I think it was actually two to one and a half there. It was very close. But um, yeah, it does make it 11 all. That was good. Well, We've got, we got two more weeks left of the main show this year. Is that all? Yeah. yeah so yeah. It, could, it could either end in one of us winning and it could also end in a tie. It could go either mm. way. And then if it is, we have to have the, the big tiebreaker quiz. And if that happens, it has to be a separate episode just with the quiz for people to find out who wins the year. And it's a whole quiz. No, uh, that's in the award special. I'm going to ask you potato-based questions and then see who wins. Okay, fine. I'm up with that. I mean, that potatoes is, is always a good answer, no matter what. Um, so, so do you know, I had a, a delivery today that had four baked potatoes switched for a cucumber. <laughs> I mean, why, in what, what world would you substitute four baked potatoes for a cucumber? Well, I think they did that because they sold out of potatoes because we, I had a potato night last night with all my friends and we literally just ate many, many different kinds of potatoes. I think we bought all the potatoes in Aberdeen, which is why you yeah. didn't get any. Might be the most middle class thing I've ever heard. You had a potato night. Yeah, yeah we talked about it all on uh, last call. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Tatty night. To be honest. To be honest, I'd be up for that. This sounds good. Um, right, that is just about it. Uh, before we do finish, nsukp.co.uk forward slash support dash us. Please leave us a nice wee review. And uh, if you want to come and join us as one of our Patreons, we have the lovely Discord channel with so many lovely people in there. Plus, as well as that, uh, you can support us just by downloading the show, listening to us, subscribing, leaving a review. All these things really help. Anton, what else have I forgotten? Um, oh, I know. Oh, what, what, what have you forgot? What do you I know? think you're going to say it anyway, so you, you just carry on. Um, yes, if you want to learn and get in touch with us, that would be NSUK Podcast. That is on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube, where you can get subscribed for Mike's new review of Soccer Story coming out very, very soon. Also, um, keep in touch. Those would be good spaces because for our Discord members, throughout the week we'll be sharing the voting for the Nintendo Switch UK Podcast Awards 2022. And next week on episode 189, you two, if you're not a Patreon, will be able to vote in that. It's always quite exciting. Wait, 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 wait. We didn't say Bono could, va- could vote. Bono I was just going to do the same joke. You learned well, Al. I was about to do the exact same joke. I was waiting for a second where I could say, oh, only the bo- only Bono and the Edge are allowed to vote. And, and the drummer. Because <laughs> I don't know no his name. The drummer, <laughs> nah. 
Sorry, Anton. Boomer memes, I don't understand the ways. Yeah, he knows nothing that you're talking about. Oh, gosh. Uh, I know, we're so old. Al, um, anything you'd like to add to the wonderful Anton's... um, You... I was going to say eulogy, but he's still here. Anything you'd like to add? It's fine, it's fine. Go on, add something to yourself. Have I got anything to add? Uh, I don't know. Anton, did you, do the, did you do the email address? I feel you did. I didn't know. No, podcast at nsukp.co.uk. Send us an email. We like emails. It's been a while since they've appeared in our inbox. So yeah, drop us one. That'd be good. Yes, absolutely. And with that... It's been a wonderful uh, episode once again. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you soon. Goodbye. Cheerio. Au revoir.